Hi, and welcome to the People Package podcast. Today we are on episode nine and we are joined by a very special guest. This person, I feel like my dad sent me a time when I really needed them. Um, I needed a group, a network and some positive support. Um, Raising aspirations is something that anyone can do, but to have the skills that goes with it is something that's been really important and valuable for me over the last well, year more so than ever. Um, The guest today I've known for quite some years now. Um, However, I've had the luxury of working more closely with them over the last six months. And it's really helped me shift my mindset when I've been in quite a challenging and difficult place and been able to really channel my pain into something positive. So I wanted to welcome on Luke today um, to talk about his journey, where it all began and really how he supported me, but other people as well over the last 12 months. So welcome. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you so much for the amazing intro and introduction. Thank you. You're very welcome. So um, I just wanted really to ask you, where did this all start? So when people say, what are you doing on a Wednesday night at eight o'clock? I'm like, oh, I've got my coaching thing. And I'm like, it's so hard to explain. Like you need to come on to be able to realize like the impact of, of what it does. So like, how did Kindred Spirits start and how, what gave you the idea of like setting up like a group coaching? Well, I've always loved people. I've always loved being around people. I never really, when I was young, enjoyed spending time just in my own company. So I always valued being around other people. And as I got older, I realized it's so important, the people that you do spend your time with, you know, and and growing up like many people, I guess you grow up in a circle of friends and people because of the area that you're from or what you do, whether you do sport or whatever clubs you go to, you end up connecting with different people. And then as you get older, I think you start to make more choices of the people that you spend time with and you connect with to the point that it now is in your hands of who you call, who you message, who you meet up with or who you don't. Um, and, and often in life, I think from a young age, we end up being around people that may be great friends when we're young. And then as we get older, our paths may drift slightly for whatever reason. And I think it's important to know that it's okay to let friendships sometimes drift if they're not overly valuable to each other and what I mean by that is I was a very as a young sportsman many of my friends when I was growing up there was really great friends yet they maybe wasn't living a lifestyle that was going to facilitate me being a sportsman if I lived how they was living so I had to have enough about me to pick and choose the times that I spent time with them and when I didn't and especially some of the um things that they used to do in terms of going out and partying you know I I just couldn't or didn't want to do that so I guess at some point there becomes that little bit of a divide there that they're doing things and behaving in ways that aren't suitable for what life you want to live so naturally you then start to gravitate towards people that do now I've still got many friends from when I was young I really have yeah I've grown another circle of people who I also call friends as my life's kind of expanded and grown that's taken me into worlds that I never thought I'd be in that you start to meet these entrepreneurial guys you start to meet these people that just want more from life you start to meet people that have got goals dreams and aspirations and yet I didn't really grow up around many people like that just because I think 
you know, the environment that you're in, you just go to school, you do your schoolwork, you're told to do well at your exams, and then you leave school and then you find your own way. Whereas once you start to find your own way and you start to meet people that have got drive, desire and ambition, it's infectious. So the answer to your question is where was kindred spirits born and why do I do group work? The reason I do group work is number one, because I love people and I love being around people myself. And then secondly, I thought, I'm having so many wonderful conversations with so many magnificent people. I felt it was a shame to not share that with more people so they could take the inspiration that I was taking from the conversations that I was having. And I often used to speak to people over the phone or, you know, nowadays it's Zoom or in person. And I used to think it'd be amazing for other people to be involved in this conversation because something I like to do and I've always done is connect people to other people. And when you connect people to people, great things can happen. I used to sit there thinking, be great for you to meet such and such it'd be great for you to meet them it would be really great for you to have a conversation with that person because i can sense the likability that you'll both have for each other but also a common theme that your business does this their business does that and i just started to connect people and then i created kindred spirits which was born around bringing great people together to make great things happen so i guess i've never really thought about why it was born or why it happened until you've asked me that question but i think it is that <laughs> Yeah, it is that desire. It is that desire for people to be around people. It's interesting um, to hear like your perspective, and then I'm fortunate enough to be on the receiving end of that as well. And I think if you'd have maybe said to me, I don't know, if we if we had like discussions of everything that I've like developed and learned over the last 12 months from you as an individual, and it was on say a one-to-one -one basis, and you'd have said oh I've got you know someone that would be really beneficial in your life would be able to support you going self-employed um this person would be able to support you like personally this person would maybe be able to do this and like bring out that kind of like skill or, or whatever with you I would not have had the confidence to reach out to any of those people like absolutely not and but because we've built that relationship over time and we're speaking to those people each week and then you hear about their stories then you find something that you've got in common or relate to it's like that trust element before i've then created actual relationships and i'm even fortunate enough to say friendships now as well that i wouldn't have done off the cuff from somebody else's advice so like the power behind the group and the confidence that you see that I feel like I've gained but I've also I feel like I'm also watching everybody else's journey as well um, and yeah. so like you know it's it's incredible but yeah I don't think I would have had the benefit and been able to utilize all the skills that you've taught me individually unless it was in a group setting because I, I just wouldn't have reached out so I think that you know it, it is a powerful tool to be able to do it in that kind of field as well. How did yeah. you get into being a coach um, and mentoring? Because obviously, you know, I, I'm aware that your experience very much started in education and your dream is to have your own school, which I think is just absolutely admirable. But where did it all begin? Why, why did you realise that that was where you were going to put yourself and, and how did you start doing that? Well, I think from growing up, um, loving sport I was fortunate to be around great coaches within sport I had some wonderful teachers when I was growing up too and I had some really challenging teachers that maybe I didn't connect with because of the way that I was in that classroom environment 
yet some teachers could really empower me and inspire me and, and some could do the total opposite. So I, growing up, I knew that a great coach could make the whole difference to which path and how your life would look. Um, and this is just on, on reflection now while I'm sat here working with other people in that coaching capacity. I look back and I think, you know, there's key people in my life growing up that if it wasn't for that teacher, if it wasn't for that coach, if it wasn't for my parents being the way that they were, if it wasn't for my grandparents, people that said words, if people that encouraged me and empowered me, who knows where my life would have gone. So you don't have to be a qualified coach to help people. Anybody can do it. And I think people underestimate the power of what they've got to help another human being by the words that they delivered to them. So the reason I became a coach is because through my young, ch my young life as a sportsman, I was inspired by many coaches. Um, and then when I became a sportsman, I played football for many years. Once that was done, it was like, what do I do next? And I, I, I guess I, I did a few jobs that wasn't so great. You know, I was jobs that I didn't enjoy working on the building site. I was working in, a, in an animal food factory, just stacking pig food all day. And it just wasn't, nothing wrong with the job. It just wasn't for me. It wasn't fulfilling enough. I wasn't contributing to society the way that I wanted to. And I went off to be a fitness trainer then because I thought, well, I'm fit because I played football for so long. I was still really fit. I was still playing semi-professional football. So I thought being a fitness trainer would really, really be a great idea. And once I became a fitness trainer, after many years, I realized that it actually wasn't fitness that was my passion. It was seeing somebody else get the benefit from the work that I was doing, which really inspired me. So I thought to myself, well, if I can help one person in 60 minutes change their life, the way that they live, and it has an impact on their friends and their loved ones, their family. Imagine if I could have 10 people in front of me, 20 people. And so my vehicle was fitness, which I was helping people. And then I started to do things like group fitness training. Then I went bigger and started to do like boot camps where I would have 70, 80 people in 60 minutes benefiting from that kind of energy that we was creating. And then I remember thinking, well, how can we help more and more people? And then somebody once said to me, would you come along and do a talk at a networking event in my hometown? And this was probably kind of 16 years ago now. Somebody said, would you come along and just do a short talk at a networking event? I said, yeah, okay. So why do you want me to come and do a talk? They said, well, just got a bit of, you know, a story. You've got an interesting story from being a football player and now you're a fitness coach come along and share your experiences of that transition and, and just talk about whatever you want to. I think they were just trying to fill gaps, really. So <laughs> they, they, came, they invited me along and I, and I turned up and I was kind of in my mid-twenties, I think, at the time. And, and I turned up there and, and there was lots of people. There. It was a really busy event. And they invited me to the front and I, you know, I didn't even have, I didn't have a laptop. I didn't have a PowerPoint. I, I didn't even think about doing anything like that. And I just walked up to the front um, and I spoke for 20, 25 minutes and it was meant to finish, but it carried on because people kept asking me questions. And I just felt really energized by being in front of people. And, you know, I took something from it in terms of I felt my confidence growing. I was I had the courage to stand up in front of I think it was probably 50 to 60 people in this room. I'd never spoken to people before. These are all business people. So they're all in suits, you know, and I'm stood there as this fitness trainer that's been asked to talk to them. So it was like, it was quite overwhelming. Yet I was also, I felt that kind of accomplishment once I'd done it. And I, and I felt 
comfortable being at the front of them too. Um, and, and I guess as a fitness coach, when you're coaching lots of people, you get used to people being in front of you. It's just a different topic that I was discussing. And when it's your own story, most people, well, most people can tell their own story when they're brave enough to tell it. And I think everybody has a story. We just don't, we just don't value our own story enough often to share it. But once we do value it and we can share our story in the right way, it can really help other people resonate and relate to that to do something with what they hear that they can relay to their life. So as I left that room, that was it. Went back to doing what I was doing and then I would get another con- another invite and before I knew it, I would do a few of them. And then it started to become kind of a thing that I would get invited to go and speak at these breakfast, lunch, breakfast uh, mornings or I'll get asked, to, could you come and do a talk at this conference? And at this time, I was just doing it for my own experience and I enjoyed it. I was just fitting it in around everything else. So once I started to do it, you know, people started to give me really positive feedback and I didn't know if I was any good at it I was just enjoying it so I thought well I'll keep doing it enjoy it why not (laughs) and then people kept asking me to do it so I just kept doing it and then from there really it just kind of expanded and expanded to the point that I remember thinking well I don't know where it come from but I was like I'd love to do a talk to young people because I always knew when I was younger um, I did some football coaching and if you can entertain 30, 40 young children, football coaching, you can coach anybody because children will tell you if they're not enjoying it, they'll switch <laughs> off, they'll disengage, where adults will be polite and nod their head and say that was great. Well, children won't do that. So um, I thought, well, if I did a talk with some young children and I could hold their attention for 45 minutes say then hopefully I'll be able to hold the attention of any group of adults so I challenged myself to do an assembly for a group of children and I always remember it I was was fitness coach still at the time and I was doing some fitness for Newark Rugby Club and um, I knew one of their players was head of PE at a school so I asked him his name is James James Offer I said James do you mind if I come to your school and do an assembly for the children he said I think that'd be great I said okay cool so we booked it in and I thought I'm going to arrange a videographer to come along because a videographer comes they film it and if it's any good I can promote it I can watch it back and let's just let's just go with it so I remember paying 500 pounds to arrange for this videographer to come when I didn't have the money and um, that particular morning I was driving to do the talk and I got a phone call from the school to cancel it because they double booked the school hall, there was an exam on. So I, as I'm driving now, I knew I had the opportunity then to get out of it because I was very kind of apprehensive about doing this because I'd never done it before. It was going to be a big talk. I didn't actually know how many was going to be there. So I said to the teacher, I said, no, it has to go ahead. I said, I paid for a videographer and, and I won't get my money back. I said, I, it needs to happen today. And I was like, right, okay. Um, I said, have you got anywhere outside? It's a beautiful sunny day. They said, well, actually, we've got the AstroTurf football pitch. We could do it on there. So that was kind of really comfortable for me because it was more more comfortable than being on a a platform in an assembly hall. So I turned up and then all of the school come out. I didn't realise it was going to be all of the school, but there was 550 students come out onto the football field, just rows and rows. It was an all-boys school. And I delivered a 45 to 60 minute assembly. 
and the feedback was brilliant like in the moment I, I captured it on video the students was jumping up they was cheering they was clapping they was laughing they was joking it was just a, a really wonderful experience that was my first one and as I did that I remember leaving thinking what else could I do with this because I, I felt really inspired they looked like they enjoyed it how could I help young people how could I make a difference to the next generation so that them, as they get older they make better life choices and, and, and just to let them know that it's okay to be who they want to be and become whatever they want to become and that was where it started and from there I set myself a challenge um, I said I'm going to speak to 5,000 children in one year and I remember getting to November and I'd spoke to like two and a half, three thousand. And by Christmas, I'd spoke to seven and a half thousand wow. because I set myself that goal, that deadline. I knew by Christmas I had to, to reach it. So I just started to promote all these talks. And it was all complimentary. It was all free. So I removed the barrier from the schools because I didn't have to get any funding. And I was just touring the whole of Great Britain, really. I was just uh, all over the place from school to school to school. While I was still doing everything else, I was just traveling late at night, get up in the morning, do five hours of assemblies to get a thousand children in the room. So I would stand on the platform, I'd do five one hour talks. So every year group could come through the, through the door. And I guess as I was doing that, I was getting better and I was learning more skills, what works with the children, what did they enjoy? And then Inspiring the Next Generation was born really from, from that kind of year. That was probably, I don't know, six years ago now, maybe a little bit longer. From that moment, it's just kind of got momentum. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because a couple of things that you said there, like um, you always make yourself accountable, place yourself in opportunities and empower yourself as well as other people. But how does it feel for you? Because you're the one doing it. Do you have any like moments where you've like some a particular pupils like really stood out to you or you know, um, an, an adult when you've delivered a, a business seminar or anything like that. Do you have any like pivotal moments that you just that yeah. remind I you think, and you're having those difficult days while you're doing it as well? Yeah, I think they're key to, to focus on as well because it does give you the energy to deliver at the pace that you want to go at. And there's so many, honestly, there's so many that I, I just can think of. I could sit here and and I'm not saying that's because I'm I, I'm great at, at this. I'm just in that moment, what you're doing, you're giving somebody the opportunity to to kind of find themselves again. And they may have got lost throughout life for, for whatever reason. Um, but I always remember, you know, I'll give you an example of a young person that I delivered a talk at Doncaster College before it closed down. And I remember going along to this talk and the day before, and I, I had an idea to tell a story um, a certain story was around the bamboo tree of how the bamboo takes, takes kind of five years to break through the ground once you plant the seed but then six weeks later it grows to 95 feet tall and I told the story about the metaphor of the bamboo but what we did we gave everybody in the audience a bamboo stick so the night before my colleague was cutting bamboo down because I had this idea that everybody <laughs> of the 250 students was going to get a memento to take away because I think if that child takes something away, it's just to reflect that they can keep reflecting on the talk. So we turned up at the college in this big auditorium, about 250 plus students, and we gave everybody a bamboo stick. And I told the story of the bamboo. Um, and I left the room and you never know how it's gone because 
you know, people going, that was great. They give you a round of applause, but you never really know. And this was one of my early, t- early talks that I used to think, am I doing this because I enjoy it or is, are other people getting any benefit from that? You know, the odd person's giving me compliments, but are they just being polite? So all of this was going through my mind. And about two plus years after I did that talk, I got a message sent through by social media from a young person. And um, they sent me, his, his name is Joshua Green. He sent me this message and it just had a photograph of the bamboo stick that I gave him on that day. And it had some stethoscopes next to it. And it had this really long message and it was so powerful and inspiring to read. And to know that I'd been a part of this was just a great feeling. And, and, and why I do it and why I started it in the first place. So I read the message and, and basically it said that you know on that day he was ready to quit and then he heard the story of the bamboo and he thought well if the bamboo can take five years to break through the ground and maybe i can stick at college and he said i did stick at college and just to let you know tomorrow i start my dream job as a paramedic in south yorkshire um he was starting his training the next day and it was obviously in his mind of the story and and for whatever reason he felt compelled to share that with me which was an amazing thing and once i got that i thought you know what if there's one person in every room that I speak to that goes away and does something with what they hear, doesn't just hear the words, but acts upon the words, then I'm happy that like I'm, I'm living a fulfilled life. And if I can reach people in every room like that, because he goes off and he does something, and the next time one of his friends gets a challenge, he will share something of his learning, his story, and then they'll share it, and then their children, their family, their loved ones. So you may think it's one person, but that one person soon becomes two plus. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, you know, I think the energy that you provide, Luke, when you're delivering these sessions is infectious. And I think sometimes it's like, right, I need to bottle this up for when I need it, but also when other people need it. So you can share it as well, because I mean, that is just so powerful, isn't it? And for him to actually, remember who you are and then make a conscious effort to come back to you to share that with you is just absolutely incredible because for a young person to do that it is so much more um because you've been a pivotal part in and i think sometimes it takes it does take some time to reflect on you know how far you've come and admit it to yourself and then be grateful for the people that have been those influences in your life as well Um, and also with young people uh, rightly or wrongly we don't really expect to get feedback from a young person you know adults adults get trained to do that in terms of giving you feedback send an email (laughs) you know young, young people when they do it it's it's like recently I've just been away with my my young children and the lady on the campsite was really helpful a lady called Daisy she was so helpful and my young daughter Sienna who's nine wrote her a letter thanking her for being so helpful and you know I I love it here and I I love love being here and I want to come back again and I can't wait to stay here for two nights and thank you so much Daisy and she said to me, Dad, can I give this to the lady? And I read it and I was like blown away at nine. She's thinking to yeah. show her appreciation in that way. And it was, a, and I thought, that's so good. And when she gave it to the lady, the lady said, wow. And she said, I'll keep this. And then she took my daughter to water the plants. And just by showing that appreciation and having that ability to to, to just be kind, really. And I think sometimes we, we, do, we, we do live in a world where we have to 
sometimes teach kindness and, and teach gratitude because not everybody's fortunate enough to be around it when when they're a young age. One of my most one of my most beautiful moments I think came recently, um, and I, and, I, and I think it's probably with the young people that when their moments happen because you really can sense how much of a game changer it is for them. Yeah. You know when they give you the feedback. I drove through the Starbucks drive-through um, recently. And well, it was actually through lockdown. So I went through the drive-through and Sienna, she loves to order the drink. So she leans across and she orders a a frappuccino and a coffee for me and a gold coin for her brother, Ronnie. And as we go through the drive-through, we get to the counter and it gets to the counter, the window pulls back. And I knew straight away, I recognized the person serving us. It was a young girl and I saw her name, her name was Rowan. And I saw her name tag and straight away, I thought, I know this young person. and I said, do I know you? And she replied and she said, yeah, you come through this drive-through quite a lot. <laughs> and I, I, I said, no, not from the drive-through. I said, I know you from somewhere else. And she said, you, you're Luke, aren't you? I said, yeah, that's right. She said, I thought it was you, but I didn't want to ask in case it wasn't. She said, you came to my school four years ago. And I'm like, right, yeah, I remembered. So we went on to have a conversation about the school that she went to. But as I'm about to drive off, she went and it worked. And I said, what do you mean it worked? (laughs) She said, you asked us to do an exercise that we wrote down any of our goals, dreams, hopes, and aspirations on a piece of paper. We just wrote anything down, places we'd like to go, things we'd like to do in our life, just anything at all. And she said, I wrote down that I wanted to go to Oxford University and study psychology, and it worked because I'm going in September. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I'm sat there with the coffee, it was like a, felt like a bottle of champagne. And Sienna sat next to me. I'm saying, listen to this. Your dad knows what he's talking about. Sienna. And, she's, <laughs> and, and, and Rowan's laughing. And, and, that, and I said, thank you so much for sharing that. And I drove off. I thought, four years ago, um... I worked with her class one hour a week for six weeks. And on week six, I think it was when we did the goals, dreams, and the aspirations, where it's like, okay. We've learned about belief. We've learned about confidence. We've learned about how to step out of your comfort zone. We've learned all of these skills. Now, what are you going to do with them? Because knowledge is powerful, yet when you apply it, that's when your life can change. And she wrote that down. And for me, honestly, I feel the same buzz inside me now as I did when she shared it with me. To, to, to know that she'd taken that from that one exercise, that now she's going to university at the dream place for her to study what she wanted it's just so amazing what was really um, what was really cool with that was I shared that story that I've just shared with you while I was delivering a teacher seminar about a month after through lockdown on zoom and everybody's camera was off and I told that story of the power of a teacher can have by maybe saying something to a young person I said and I've been fortunate myself to to feel the power of the work that I've done just recently and I shared that story and a teacher unmuted and put his camera on and I didn't even know if anybody was watching they just all got their initials <laughs> up and he put his camera on he went Luke he said I worked at that very school when you was there he said I remember what you was doing he said and I remember that young person she was one of them that was quite reserved and could go one way or the other and he said I remember that work and, I, and he was he was literally, couldn't stop talking about it. He was like, I remember her. I remember what you did. I remember the work that you was doing. Because I worked with nearly 400 students across a six month period at that school. It was amazing. And he was so excited by that. And he was like, I'm so pleased. And 
and and it was just a great thing that I think often we go into each day, we, we go into each day, and we go into each day, and we don't actually take the opportunity to sit back and go, do you know what? Maybe I am doing some good and making a difference yeah. to other people's lives. And although you hear it often, it's not very often that you sit and feel it to that level. Yeah. And when she said that to me in that car, it just gave me the energy to do more and more because obviously lockdown for everybody was really challenging and all my work really stopped through lockdown because it was all face-to-face delivery so I was going through that transitional phase of how do I do what I do and keep getting a message out there when I can't be in front of people so when she said that I was like this message is so important we've got to keep getting it out there and then we end up building online programs and we created the kindred spirits group that you're talking about earlier on in this podcast and we just start to find new ways of working for new ways of living, really. Yeah, and I think, you know, having those reminders of why you do it with such a powerful impact will continue to push you to what's next, what's next, what's next, and just continue to like empower and challenge people as well. I think yeah. something that I want to leave on today, Luke, is, you know, the activity about... Um, you know you do this with with the kindred spirits groups but also in with your um seminars and education as well about challenging yourself to achieve like your hopes dreams and aspirations i said to you before we we came on today i've dug out my notebook this morning and had a read, read through it and when i had an idea that i wanted to do a podcast i had no idea what it looked like but i wrote a list of people that i wanted to come on it and today I've been fortunate enough to have you on it as my first person that I wrote down so you know and and that that is literally from an activity that we've done in kindred spirits <laughs> going right okay so what are your hopes dreams and aspirations I'm thinking well, I know I want to do this and then I've gone away and thought about it more and thought right okay well <clears throat> if I'm going to do it what's the topic going to be I don't know yet but I know that I want so and so on and so and so on and so and so on and my, my dream person on as well I've put them on Fern Cotton is like my, <laughs> it's like you're, you want a school I'm like I want Fern Cotton on my podcast like that is <laughs> a moment that I'm looking for for the future um, why not but I think you know that's something that I'm hoping that people will take away just from listening to like your story and, and the impact that it's had on so many people um, the two examples that you just shared then are about you know you, you've got an opportunity to find yourself again and usually the people that can relate so much more to the work you do are at that pivotal point in time thinking I can either be really comfortable with what I've got or I can push myself out of my comfort zone and achieve exactly what I want to and I'm very fortunate and very grateful for you because I, you've been a massive role model in my life the last 12 months more than ever when I've needed it. I could have quite easily, with the journey that I've been on, just got comfortable and settled um, for not feeling like having that like self-value. And, you know, you've given me the opportunity to, you know, have that empowerment back and challenge myself and keep pushing myself and have that energy to do it as well. So I want to say thank you, but I also want somebody else listening to think, okay, how can I now do that? And what am I doing? And and just take that time to reflect and think about what they want to do in the future as well, because it's not until something happens in your life, even if it 
it's like the girl at school having to choose her options after school. It's not until somebody directly asks you that you really tend to sit and think and reflect because we live in such a fast paced world. Now, if you don't reflect, how do you know what you're going to be able to do next? Yeah. So I just want to say thank you to you as a person, but also for joining us and, and sharing this with other people as well. I'm very, very grateful. And if you are wanting to join Kindred Spirits, I will put the link in this post as well, because until you see it and hear it, I don't think you realize the impact. Um, and I want to be able to give you the opportunity to share what you do as well with more and more people because thank you it can help me i'm sure it can help many many more because i know i can be very difficult so if you've you've broke the tough cookie <laughs> no thank you so i really appreciate your kindness and i appreciate your words and i think you're a great example of somebody that wants more from life and then you took action on that and you're doing something about it rather than just thinking about it you're actually acting upon it and i think too often we, we think a lot and then don't do anything with what we're thinking but we've got to just take take some action just make one move take one step and then you start to get momentum and then you bump into somebody that can help you get to the next phase and before you know it you're miles ahead of where you was a few weeks before you just got to get started by getting started magical things will start to happen you start to create more and more lasting memories with the people around you and i, and I really believe that when people start to create that compelling future from themselves that that strong vision of what they want their life to look like, they can then start to do what it what it takes to get that life of what they want. And that might be spending more time with your family, it might be travel, it might be a business, it can be anything, but without knowing what it is, how can we get there? So you're a prime example of that. You've decided you want more from life, you know what it is, and now you're going out there and doing it, which is an amazing thing. So well done to you and well done for creating this podcast as well. I think it's fantastic what you're doing. And I'm just really appreciative that you you felt me worthy to bring me on. And thanks for your kind words as well with the work that I do. I really appreciate it. And if it wasn't for people like you, I wouldn't be doing what I do because there'd be nobody showing up. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for joining. And thanks for being such an energy within the group too. And thanks once again for bringing me on to the podcast. Thank you so much, Ellie. Thank you.